inspiring you to reach your goals and live your dream. And live your dream. This is the Keaton Nelson Show. All righty, guys. I got an awesome guest for you today. Uh, welcome back to another episode of the Keaton Nelson Show. Allison Reeves, thank you so much for being a guest today. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you got it. Awesome. So I'd love to just start uh, off letting the viewers, the listeners get to know you a little bit. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. Um, broad question. I am I mean, I live in Houston, Texas now. I was from New Jersey, but I wear a sweater if it's below 80 degrees. So I consider myself fully acclimated to Houston. Um, but yeah, so I love Houston. I think it's a little bit underrated as far as art and music is concerned. And um, I've been an entrepreneur kind of on and off mostly since 2011 and went full time on my own in 2020. So kind of a lot of my... Uh, a lot of my story has to do with that, and I feel like I've had many past lives, but we'll we'll see where we head today. But that's a good start. <laughs> gotcha. So you're from New Jersey. How'd you grow up? Rich, poor, middle class? I would say pretty middle class. Maybe, yeah, like middle class, maybe slightly, slightly lower middle class. Like I had a lot of envy around friends. My parents were, I remember being worried about money as early as seven years old. And I remember like asking my mom, like, we had moved from one house to another and I was like, how much is it going to cost for us to move? I'm like six or seven years old. I think she said like $300 and I was like, oh my God, we're just going to be homeless on the street. Like as early as seven years old, I was worried about money. I feel like that's an important part of my story too. But yeah, middle class. Middle class. You go to college? I did go to college. This is another past life. I actually graduated from a black Bible college in... <laughs> Black Bible college? I did not I didn't know it was a black Bible college, but I was looking for an accredited college in my area that was in a certain price range. And so I just signed up, went to my first classes and was like, oh, I mean, I think it's okay that I'm here. <laughs> it's like because I'm here. But I got a Christian leadership degree because originally I wanted to be a missionary. And then at some point along the way I became agnostic and stumbled into marketing. Very interesting. <laughs> Tell me about that. You were, um, you grew up Christian? I did. So we grew up like, we grew up as what I would call a Christmas and Easter Catholic. Uh, and then we found a Baptist church when I was probably 10 years old or so. And my dad liked the music and they had church on Saturday evenings. And it was very like modern and my, we just fell in love with it. Um, and then when my parents got divorced when I was 14, I just took myself back to church on my own. And I I became like a church hopper in my teenage years. And I just got so much out of the community. Um, so I was Christian for most of my life. Gotcha. When did music come into your life? It's always been in my life. I have an identical twin sister and we... Uh, we would write songs. I can remember writing songs with her um, when we were eight years old. We wrote a, about a superhero um, who protects your teeth named Enamel Boy. <laughs> uh, and then awesome. <laughs> yeah, got a little more serious about music and taught myself guitar in uh, when I was in high school. Gotcha. You ever play any live shows or anything? I do. I took a very long hiatus and I've just recently gotten back into it, literally in the past like three weeks. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Yeah. What type of music do you love? What do I love or do I play? So what do you love? And then we can go on to play what you play. I love I like, you know, coffee shop, cafe, like um folk kind of music. I love a lot of things. I like 
rap. I like EDM. Um, not a huge fan of most country, but I love, I'd say most music, oldies, yeah. classic rock. If you were stranded on like a desert island, you could only bring one album with you. What album would you bring? Oh, one album. That's really hard because I like live my life with Spotify. <laughs> so I'm like, which which favorites list? Like what year? You know, like what which <laughs> my life liked songs. Um, I would have to think about that because I don't listen to music anymore based on albums. Um, uh, I wouldn't have an answer question. right away. It's tough. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, that's a question I ask in interviews to kind of like break the ice when I'm interviewing someone. <laughs> and then I like regret it because like at the end of the interview, I ask if they have any questions for me. And they always ask me that question. I never have an answer for them. Oh, <laughs> you, need a question. you need a question that you're passionate about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I, I really don't know because it changes. Like, right. And that's the other thing is like, I feel like even if you were to say narrow it down to a favorite song, it might be easier, but then I have a new favorite song all the time. But right now I really like, um, have you heard of talk? He's newer T A L K. No. And as he has a song called, um, gone away to Mars, which went pretty, pretty viral. And I really like that song. Cool. I'll have to check that one out. Um, maybe we'll like put the link in the description. Let's see how good they're listening. Yeah. <laughs> um, for that song because i'd love to check it out too um what kind of music do you play i play more like folk music um i've recorded a few songs with an older brother who he he makes like house music at edm so he'll put like my folk music together and like edit it with like edm beats in the background and i love that but i can't produce it on my own so when it's me in a coffee shop it's me with an acoustic guitar and maybe somebody playing a djembe you're singing and me singing very nice very cool how can we just like look up allison reeves on youtube or spotify or anything you can but i don't know if you'd find much music um i had a bunch of songs on a youtube channel and then um, the youtube channel was associated with a personal blog that i sold and so i privated anything with my face on it because it's now owned by someone that's not me so i don't know if you looked for allison reeves music now I want to Google it. I'm not sure what you'd find. It could be an adventure. Okay, cool. Well, let's see if you guys can find it. Like, let's leave a comment or something. I want to. Find yeah. it. <laughs> I cool. love that. Yeah. Um, so you play folk music. You you mentioned like sisters and brothers. How many sisters and brothers do you have? Just an identical twin sister and older brother. Okay, gotcha. How old's the uh, older brother? How much older? Four years. Four years. Gotcha. Okay. Very cool. Um, so. You got music, Christianity, Black <laughs> Bible study, Bible college. And when did entrepreneurship come into your life? It was in when I was working at the Bible college. I was an executive assistant. I started a blog for myself to write about the music. And then also I was started painting acrylics at one point. I don't do that anymore, but... I started accumulating all these acrylic paintings. I needed something to do with them. So I started the blog as a way to like sell paintings, talk about music. And then the college promoted me from executive assistant to website administrator, which I was unqualified for, but I somehow <laughs> managed to learn how to like, because that was in 2010 or 2011. And so I was like making websites with CSS and HTML, like learning like content management systems were not as 
WordPress was like blog only back then. Um, and so that though, learning that I kind of stumbled into marketing and realized I never knew what I wanted to do before then. Um, after realizing I didn't want to be a missionary, I'm like, well, I don't know what to do now. Like, I just like a lot of different things a little bit and nothing a lot. And marketing was the thing where I was like, oh, there's lots of different parts of this. And I feel like I'll stay interested. So after getting promoted to the, as a website content administrator, I started a YouTube channel for the college. I started a blog for the college and then eventually moved to a job where my, uh, where my actual title had to do with marketing. Gotcha. I'm seeing a pattern here. The last uh, guest I had on here was actually a, uh, a musician as well. And now he's like sells insurance and stuff and became an entrepreneur and everything. But I find that um, musicians, because like music's complex, there's like a lot to it. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the meme where it's like, um, you know, someone teaching music theory and they're like, at least it's not rocket science. And then there's someone teaching rocket science and like, at least it's not music theory. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I think we need something to keep us hooked. I like what you said, you know, marketing, there's a lot to it, right? Yeah. Um, I'm interested about the blog. How did you get people to know about your blog? Early on, like when I, after I started, it was just like sharing it on social media. That was where all my traffic came from sharing it to my personal Facebook profile. Um, And then I was doing, my husband calls them who I didn't know back then yet. He calls them ghetto art shows, but they're basically like, you know, there's like nice art shows where you like somebody curates it and you have to be kind of well-known and there's ghetto art shows where you can pay $25 and you can put literally anything up on the wall just to rent the space for a weekend. That's the kind of art show that I did. That's cool. Uh, and I sold paintings that way and I got connections that way. Um, but in the beginning, that's why for a long time, the blog was like, I would write a whole lot of stuff and then I wouldn't write for ages because I didn't know how to get traffic. I knew a little bit about SEO, but didn't really understand how to do it back then. Yeah. Um, and I knew that people could make money with blogs, but besides selling the paintings, I was just kind of, I had no idea. And then in 2012, I wrote about loosely about um, how I'd left the church and why. And it had to do with like, when love is love, that hashtag became popular. And I was like, this is one of the reasons why I'm frustrated with Christianity. And, um, and it went kind of viral because people who didn't know that I changed some of what I believed in. Um, after that, I got a bunch of guest writers on board. And so my traffic grew because they were kind of like, I would publish the blog, they would share it. And it wasn't until 2017 that I was like, I want to make a passive income because I had had a side hustle on and off running Facebook ads for people or doing various things. It's like, I wanted something passive. And so 2017, 2018 is when I was like, how do blogs work? Like, how do I actually make money with this thing that people are seeing all the time? And I learned about like all the things I've been doing in my career. I just never thought to apply it to a personal blog, like growing an email list, <laughs> for example. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then of course, Pinterest, like when I learned Pinterest, Pinterest has changed a lot since then. But in 2018, 2019, for my, the niche that I was in, which is like self-care mental health, it was like, I could guarantee overnight success for any of my clients. And I just went, I went viral on Pinterest and started making good money with ad revenue. Very cool. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Um, now, bring us up to, well, actually, before I do that, I am super interested 
what was the what was the shift? Like what what broke you from Christianity? Um it was a few things. And I wouldn't even say that I'm not Christian now. So I've kind of like I don't like to define my spirituality now, and I certainly would never put it in a box again, because I think that's really limiting when we don't have like yeah, that's my personal opinion about spirituality in general is like, don't put it in a box because you'll get new information and things will change. Just like science, like your opinion can change all the time. So I don't want to commit to anything. But um, I had been super, super dedicated to this one church. And I was after what I call it church hopping when I was a high schooler, I just got so many of my emotional needs met by just being involved in churches and kind of having all these like families that would help support me. Um, I found a church that wanted me to be in the band like permanently. And so I was playing two services every Sunday and I would come up to the church in the middle of the week and I'd spend, um, I'd spend the weekend at different people's houses because the church wasn't close to my house. Um, and so for 10 years, super, super involved in that community. And there were, it was kind of a slow build of things that felt frustrating to me. Um, and this is not just about that church, but I could say this about the segment of Christianity that I was in in general. And I think people kind of know Christianity for this and just being um, holding people to a high standard with a lot of people not holding that standard who are holding the standards. Does exactly. that make sense? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hypocritical. Hypocrisy. Yeah, exactly. In other words. And so as like a leader in the church, I was kind of like leading a women's group and I kind of felt myself increasingly more like wanting to control other people because and part of it was like i was trying so hard like i was letting the church control what i did who i dated um how i talked how i spent my time and then i was just devoting so much of my time to the church and then in 2010 2010 gosh i feel like the years get so mixed up i don't remember what year it was but one year <laughs> my dad and actually this happened, it must've been 2010 because it was right around when I started blogging. Like I started painting right after my dad passed away. So yeah, I guess it was 2010. My dad passed away unexpectedly. Wow. And um, that was kind of a catalyst for me. Do you like, are you okay with cursing on your podcast? No, you're good. good. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a catalyst for me. I said, I got the buckets where I was like, I cannot do this anymore. Like I had just started dating someone and the church really didn't want me to date them. And there was all these other things that were building up. And when my dad died, I was like, fuck it. I cannot do this anymore. I cannot. I just, I have to get myself out of the box because I'm like in survival mode now. You know, it's a big ordeal. I'm in my 20s. Uh, and that's the big thing to happen. And so that wasn't even kind of the thing that really put me off. It was... um. <laughs> never shared this story publicly before. This is going to be interesting. I wonder if you will hear it. But there was someone who, because I um, I didn't stop going to the church right away, but I decided to take a break from the band. And there was someone in the church who accused me of doing something um, like really bad. And I hadn't, but it was someone in the church who I knew had this other secret life. So from that point forward, this person started a rumor about me and I was uninvited from the band that I've been dedicated in my life to for the last 10 years. Mm -hmm. And it was like, then I stopped going to the church and nobody even contacted me. It was just such a, like, as soon as people thought I might be like going off the rails in some way or like losing my faith in some way, nobody tried to reel me back in or encourage me. And like, literally my dad had just 
died. There was, it was such a, I just didn't understand. And so, but I, because I had this fucking mentality, I was like, I, what does God look like when nobody's, when no one's telling me what he should look like and when nobody's telling you what to do. And I just gave myself permission to go to different churches and explore and see like what I really felt intuitively. Um, So yeah, it sucked. (laughs) Yeah. That sounds messed up. Um, and I, I've heard this story like a million times, like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. different ways, just with, it's like humans getting mixed up with, you know, putting their spin on God, you know, yeah. especially in a community. Um, one of my coaches tells me, he's like, where there's people, there's problems, mm. you know, uh, for a long time, whether you're in a workplace, a church, uh, community, neighborhood, like if they're around each other long enough, there becomes problems, which is like, it's normal. We're, we're human, you know, we're not, we're definitely not perfect. Um, but it, it's too bad that it, not that I'm saying it's bad that you don't believe in Christ or, or, or whatever religion, but it's, it's too bad that, um, someone that relatively is like a good thing if you compare it to other things in the world like to have the spirituality and, and like connection with god source the universe whatever the heck you want to call it um for humans to mess that stuff up and not be there for you and yeah it's it's too bad um, well and i think there's like a lot of responsibility that that i can take there and like people can take in general is like because i thought my faith was in god when it was really just in people and mm-hmm. so then when the people weren't there, it just felt like the rug got swept out from under me. Um, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so powerful. Oh yeah. We spent a lot of time on the past stuff, but like, it was just interesting to me. I, I really wanted to know. Yeah. So take me up from like, you know, the blog till like now, like you, you, what was, how did you sell the blog? And then where did that lead you after that? Yeah. Yeah. So like dad passed away, started painting acrylics, left the church, (laughs) started the personal blog, um, and then discovered marketing. And then my marketing career just kind of did its thing. So I went, you know, I ascended into a couple different companies. Um, what really got me more serious about entrepreneurship was there was a job where I was a marketing manager and I started monetizing my blog passively at this point. And the president, I mean, that company was a company where there was like really high pressure. So really high expectations, very stressful. Like hard, none of us ever got our bonuses because expectations are just too high. Yeah. And then the um, like the founder of the company was asking me to basically do free consulting for his colleagues while I was at work. Mm. I was like, that doesn't feel great. <laughs> like That doesn't feel yeah. great that I'm paid, you know, salary. And this is like a very high value, uh, value of my time. And that's kind of what made me think like, I'm happy to make other people rich, but I would rather be also giving myself an opportunity to get rich too. Like marketing, I feel like, and you might, you might resonate with this. I feel like it's kind of an underpaid industry as far as like companies are concerned. It's it's an easy thing as far as like marketing versus sales for people to say like marketing is not always as necessary compared to that's in my career. And maybe it was just my industry, but what industry was it? Real estate investing. What? Yeah. yeah. How? <laughs> you got to be kidding. The, yeah, marketing is way more important. Yeah, I mean, marketing is critical. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, and you I talk to these people. Part of my story, too, is like, that's kind of what I manifested. Like, I had this, um, 
I have this journaling like workbook that I created called the money mapping system. And it's like, part of it is like recognizing the patterns in your life. And one of mine was like, I was constantly in jobs where I did a really good job, but was underpaid for my skill set and like how many years I've been in the industry. Gotcha. Um, but that's what really motivated me was like, if he's asking me to consult for people, then this is a skill that I would like to benefit from. Um, and then kind of stumbled around in coaching real estate agents for a while. So that's when I started coaching. I was like, what is related to what I'm already doing that doesn't compete with what I'm doing? And I focused on marketing coaching for real estate agents. Um, but then that was kind of frustrating. Ads were expensive. And then I kind of pivoted to just running Facebook ads for people that like referrals that came in. When I monetized the blog more passively, I kind of naturally just pivoted to women entrepreneurs who were also trying to monetize online. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's what you're doing now? Yes. Yeah. I was kind of a blog coach for a while and I put, I've expanded a little bit because blogging is, it, that's a, it's a hard sell for high ticket offers. I bet. Uh, blog coaching. It's like, will I ROI? And my answer is eventually. <laughs> like someday, depending on what you sell, like if the higher cost, you know, if you're selling a $7 offer, I mean, I've had clients who have crazy success, but I, you know, their case studies are like at the bottom of the page. Cause I'm like, this is not everybody can have this kind of crazy success with a $27 offer in a short time period. Right. Um, yeah. So tell me about who do you help now? Is it just like women entrepreneurs trying to make money online? Yeah. So mostly like I would use the word multi-passionates. Like I do help some coaches. I do help some consultants. I do help bloggers. But the thing that my people have in common is they like a bunch of different things and they're pretty good at digital marketing already. Okay. Uh, so they'll like, you know, I have a mastermind and the people who are in there now, two of them are copywriters. One of them is a Facebook advertiser. Well, two of them do Facebook ads. Um, and then one of them creates courses and coaching for um, equestrians. I have three equestrians in my entrepreneur mastermind, which is kind of out of five people, there's three equestrians. So maybe I'm an equestrian business coach. <laughs> uh, but that's who I, I like to target people who like they have an online component to their business. They like to stack their income with low cost offers and high ticket offers. Um, and then the other thing I think that I'm leaning into more and more, and it, it almost feels full circle because my blog was kind of about self-care. And then I didn't really have any qualifications to be teaching that. So I kind of ended up pivoting into decluttering and minimalism and the reason why clients would choose me over someone else is for the mindset stuff that I teach. Um, so people who work with me want to make money, but not at the expense of at their quality of life. Gotcha. Um, yeah, it's always good. <laughs> I don't know if you listen to a lot. I have a lot of like mindset coaches on here. I'm like tends to be my, my little niche too with, I just do marketing for them, but um yeah, it's incredible how important that is that people just don't realize. Um, it's what it's what keeps you where you're at right now and uh, stops you from, you know, breaking through that glass ceiling that you're just yeah. hitting your head on year after year, month after month. Um, so I don't normally do this, but I'm, I'm actually interested. What, what's like your type of offers that you have? You said you have a mastermind. Do you have like one-on-one -on -one coaching? Do you have like a low ticket program? Like if someone wants to, to dip their toes in the water with 
uh, Allison Reeves, what would, would you recommend? Yeah. I think like the, for the easiest way to just figure out what I'm doing is I have free workshops every month and I always teach, like I do teach the mindset side and the strategy side. I teach the mindset side from like a nervous system perspective. So I think okay. that's where some traditional mindset falls short is like the embodiment of it. Like you just saying affirmations all day doesn't work. So I love doing the free workshops. It's just a way to like give people value who are not making money yet. Um, I get a lot of my higher ticket clients from people who like come to the workshop and they're like, oh, she actually knows what she's talking about. It's just alicereaves.co slash workshop. And then I have a low cost membership that's just focused on mindset. That's $33 a month. One-on-one coaching is super flexible. I do a bunch of things. And then the mastermind is called Worthy of Wealth. Um, but yeah, I'm always I'm always creating new things, which is what coaches tell you not to do. Right. <laughs> but I just like, I'm, I don't know if you know human design, but I'm a manifesting generator and I just like doing new things. Gotcha. Very cool. I think it can work for coaches. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think creating new offers all the time for coaches is not a bad thing. I think... Um, when you're doing a service-based business oh yeah or like manufacturing products and stuff that's a a recipe for disaster yeah but i think coaches you can get away with it as long as you know um they all kind of work together and, yeah and you have to have your base of income too so like if a newer coach comes to me and says i want to do a 27 dollar offer and they have no audience yet i'm like well do you want to do a 27 dollar offer or do you want to make money <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. um what's what's next for Allison Reeves what's ne next for you what's the uh, goal you teach mindset you have a goal yeah I think my goal I mean I, I I don't have a specific goal I think right now I'm just really focused on having my business feel good um I'm kind of getting more increasingly interested in just the life side and the emotional side. I have a somatic healing certification that I got last year. And that I feel like, I don't know if you're familiar with somatics at all. No idea. It's kind of like it's, it's body-based, I guess, coaching, but like feeling into, and that's like where you integrate mindset with your nervous system, gotcha. um, helping people on that deeper level and like holding space for people who are anxious, don't have good boundaries tired, nearly burned out. Like I have a really big heart for people who really want to be entrepreneurs, but just like hate everything about their lives now. Um, so the two things I really love and I want to scale are the low cost membership and just helping as many people as possible through that. And then the mastermind helping as many people as possible go from like a full-time income to 20 key months and beyond without working more. Gotcha. Yeah. That's good. It's really good. Um, would you set a number to how many people you want in your um, low ticket offer in your mastermind? I want a thousand people in the low ticket offer and probably 10 or 20 in the mastermind. At all times. Yeah. yeah. That's a goal. Oh. Feel it out. Yeah. Some people are like, you need to scale it and hire support coaches. And I'm like, I don't know. For a long time, I wanted to be a millionaire and have seven figures. And then you know, I had the, my biggest month was 60K. And I think like, I realized that a freedom number is a lot less than seven figures for me. Because seven figures is like full-time yeah. employees. I don't know where your business is at. I'm kind of curious, like, because <laughs> I've looked, I looked at your website and your services and listened to a couple of your podcasts, but I'm like, what are your goals? Where do you want to go? <laughs> That's cool. We can talk about me a little bit. Um, 
but you're absolutely right. I think like a good freedom number, to be honest with like most people is like around like 20 to 30 K take home. Yeah. That's like you having one contractor for a thousand bucks a month and a few yeah. tools and like, yeah. you don't have to have a big team for that. that. That feels like freedom to me. Yeah. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. I mean, you can still, you know, get a few friends together and fly on a private jet. You can't. No, honestly, seriously. You, like people act like you need a, a, this like enormous amount of money to live like this life of luxury where you don't need to. I think like for some people it's a game. Like for me, it is, it's fun to try and like, I want to see how big I can get, how many, how I can build out a team and like what type of person do I need to become? What type of leader do I need to become to be able to effectively, um, serve that many people at this high level and uh, not sacrifice time with my family, my friends, my mental health, my emotional health, physical health, and treat my employees with the utmost respect and care for their lives and their goals at the same time. Like what, who do I have to become to become that and be, you know, operating, you know, six figures a month plus. Right. And yeah. then, and then selling and then doing more things after that. So, um, but it's, it's totally different you know and but you're right like it, the problem with that is like i run into um times where all the things that i just said that i wanted don't happen because it's the first time of me trying this i do get off balance with my time with my family and friends i do um i could be a better leader with my employees i there's so many things that i could provide higher quality to my clients because we're serving too many Mm. Not training and effectively scaling slowly but surely you know what i mean so the it's a whole learning process but that's it's the process of becoming something else right yeah 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 there's all those like brand new bottlenecks when you're going from six figures to multiple six figures to seven figures it's like oh i cannot like there's things that when like the bigger you get the more you can't touch them like you have to just like let it go and then letting it go means having good systems really good team high accountability yeah. And then there's like, there's human element to it too. Right. Forget <laughs> you, you know, like you, you could have the best systems in the world, like seriously, all the step-by-steps, the checklist, the, the multiple people looking at it before it gets to the client or gets to, you know, wherever it's going. Like, but at the end of the day, like there's still human element, human error that can happen. You know, uh, totally. you can train and coach. You'll have to continually do it. Um, but it, it's, it's still, you know, it's doable because someone else has already done it. So, but it's, it's like, it is a challenge for sure. Um, and having integrity along the way is another huge thing, right? Yeah. And humility just, yes, (laughs) I'm a a person. And so I'm a problem too. (laughs) Yes. I'm my biggest problem. Um, very cool. I, I want to, we're running, we're not running out of time, but what, I want some questions I want to ask you. Um, <laughs> I have a funny question. I haven't asked this one yet on a podcast. All right. What's one, one crime you could stop forever that you would want to stop forever, but in order to stop the crime, you have to commit it. There's one crime I guess not forever in order. Yeah, like the first thing that comes to mind is like something. What would be a crime that would like really benefit me, and then it would be great if it didn't happen again. 
when I think like, I don't know, robbing a bank, like a big heist where I could get away with it, get, get the money somewhere before I got caught. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. That's cool. Um, what's like your top three character traits of a leader? The top three character traits of a leader. Oh, that's an interesting question because I'm thinking about different contexts. So the for I think humility and integrity. I'd put yeah. those in the same bucket. Um, I think they're, they're different. Yeah, empowerment, like being able to empower people. Yeah, like an impression of increase. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you heard the book, um, The Coaching Habit? No. Highly recommend, especially if you're a manager of any kind. And like, do you ever feel like a chicken with your head cut off? Then that book is so great for like first steps on empowering other people, removing yourself. Yeah. So integrity, empowerment, and probably vision, I guess. I don't know. Depends on the context for the third one. But the first thing that comes to mind is something around like vision or creativity, like would be really helpful for a leader to initiate. What's something that scares the crap out of you in a good way? That scares the crap out of me in a good way. I would say the thing that scares the crap out of me, the first thing that came to mind was being homeless. I don't know. That's like my biggest irrational fear is like one bad things happens and I just take my mind all the way from here to like a thousand miles away. <laughs> like, um, I would say that's not the best thing though. Um, something that makes me scared that is probably more beneficial is like being seen in a bigger way. I feel like that's a little bit more like related to my career. And it's that's so when I think about growing my audience or growing my income, I feel like that's something I've had to build more resilience around. It's like having bad experiences with negative comments or clients who aren't happy or like all those things I feel like are probably the most painful things that happen that help me to grow the most, but there's still things I fear the most too. Mm. You get to talk to anyone dead or alive. You get to ask them one what one question. I don't know. The first thing that comes to mind is my grandpa. <laughs> what would you ask him? I would want him to encourage me. I would want to know like what his advice was just for my life and my finances. Like I would want to ask him, like, if you could tell me one thing, like what's the one thing you want me to know that you never said? What do you think you would say? I don't know. It'd be encouraging though. Be encouraging. Yeah. I just want his, I just want the positive vibes. Uh, what's your favorite place on earth that you've been to? Mm. So the, I feel like this it feels like a stereotypical answer, but when my husband and I took a trip to Belize and the first part of it was a mastermind experience for me. And it wasn't like the greatest experience, but the second part of our Belize trip was just he and I, and it was my favorite place we'd ever been to, but it wasn't about, I mean, Belize is great. It's a great place to visit. There's a lot of like, like simplicity around it, or you can have a lot of adventure, but it, it wasn't about Belize. It was about like being somewhere for the first time in years where we were totally detached from normal day to day. Um, yeah. Yeah, there's something powerful about that. Being detached from the day to day. Yeah. And like somewhere where 
I, I like our vacation, everything we did was about 30% more adventurous than my expectation. <laughs> it's like everything we did was like, oh, this is a, like, and that was just the, the things that we wanted to do. We we're all like a little more like this hike that we did that was like in the rain, kind of like on a cliff. <laughs> like, um, but just because neither of us had expectations and both of us were in the same, like, I'd planned a lot of it, but it was like, we're just here for the ride. And I really missed that part of traveling. I had, we had never traveled internationally together before. And I hadn't traveled internationally myself in over 15 years. And so it was just really, really fun. Uh, Top three things on your bucket list. Go to Europe. Okay. With my husband. Um, Have a hundred thousand dollar month. Which I haven't had yet. And I think you $100,000 monthly recurring. $100,000 monthly recurring. I don't know. I have to think about that. Would that require a full time employee? <laughs> no. $100,000 monthly recurring would be amazing if I could keep a small staff. But well, I'm that's, like, that's things. three. that's 3000 of your $33. All right, so I just need 3,000 clients in my low-cost membership. There's way more people in the world that can afford that and need it. Yeah, yeah, that would feel amazing. If I had 3,000 people in that low-cost membership, I would probably change a lot of things. I probably wouldn't do any more one-on-one coaching. I would just focus on, I have like five, 10 people in the mastermind, giant membership, and that's it. I don't know what my third goal would be. I really want to perform music more. Mm. Uh, I also want to write a book, but writing a book feels kind of like super related to work. But on the personal side, I would love to find people to play music with consistently. Yeah. Record an album, but like perform consistently. Mm. I'm with you there. I went to school for music. You did? What do you do? <laughs> I played jazz guitar. Yeah. Went to school for jazz composition. And then, yeah. And <laughs> now you're a marketer. I love that. Yeah. I love that for us. What happened with your jazz guitar? Uh, I had a kid and I was like, I got to s- support my family. <laughs> yeah. know, like my head twisted a full 180 and I'm like, all right, let's figure out what's what I have to do here. You know, I grew up without a father. So I was like, I got to make sure I'm like the best father I can possibly be, you know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, more than just be there. And yeah, it provided an awesome life for my family, you know? Um, but I think there's a way to balance it all. And I just like, am just not that I'm just seeing it now, but I'm, I'm taking action towards it now. Like, well, your kid's probably past, getting older too. Like how do you just have one kid or I have two, I have two now. Yeah. Yep. I have a two-year-old and a six-year-old and, um, like we're getting ready to move to Florida from uh, Rhode Island, sick and tired of the cold. I'm not living here anymore. Um, I've been playing guitar every night for about like 30 minutes to an hour just out of enjoyment for the past like week and took the guitar out of the case and have it sitting out you know the amp there and everything so um that's been really really enjoyable just doing that but playing with people is way way more enjoyable than yeah you know um but yeah absolutely um did i answer your question did you ask a question yeah, that was it. I wanted to know what if you're still playing and what you're doing with it now. Yeah, yeah. So I, I have a goal to, to create more passive. I want to make my uh, my company more passive for myself. 
um, changing our service offerings and things that are just way easier to fulfill on. And we already have systems and processes that work uh, for it and just scale the client acquisition of that. And, and uh, then I can, you know, build a studio for myself and, you know, just, cr- I want to go back to writing music a lot more, like really composing and stuff. But I like writing for a big band and g- going really, really in depth. It's, oh, that's fun. That's yeah, cool. Yeah. Maybe I'll see you play someday. Florida's very close to where I am. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I I do like performing, but I do like writing and directing more. Like, yeah. Um, top three. Oh, what's one book everyone should read? Habits of a Happy Brain. Habits of a Happy Brain? Yeah. I, it changed my life. It was like, it was before I really believed in mindset. I read that book and it's like the first half of it is like the, the chemicals that influence how you feel. And the second half is like how to leverage those. And I've just found it very hopeful, like regardless of your upbringing or experiences, or like you can always, those pathways can always be rebuilt. Um, and the other thing I found really helpful about it was the fact that like our brains, cause our brains are meant to survive and not thrive. If things are going well, we don't feel comfortable. We feel unsafe because we're looking for things to be wrong. Which yeah. I feel like is a summary of like being a business owner. It's like, even if things are great, you're like, everything is terrible. <laughs> you're always looking for things to be wrong. It was a really helpful book. <laughs> yes. I've done that a few times. <laughs> um, this is my favorite question. You got to go back in time. You watch the full episodes of the podcast. You know I, the question I'm going to ask. I don't. No, I haven't listened. Gotten to the end. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, you get to go back in time, and you get to uh, talk to your younger self. Right? What age would you go back to? And when you get back there, you know it's you, and vice versa, right? But you can only say three sentences to yourself. What age would you go back to? What are the three sentences? And then I leave it up to you if you want to say why. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't need an explanation. Sometimes it does. It would probably be either age six or 10. Because there's like the same mindset issues that started at those ages. And I would say. Like there's nothing wrong with you. And. Like I'll say, there's nothing wrong with you and you're perfect and, and you're a star. Like I think people who sometimes feel like outsiders, it's helpful to remind them that like you're a star and stars shine and they're bright and you see them by themselves and that's normal and that's okay. And I would also remind her that she is safe and she's always safe and she'll always be supported. And there's going to be times where it feels like the rug is being pulled out from under you and there will always be something to catch you. Always, always. And we have proof now. We didn't have a lot of proof at six years old. We have proof now. Um, And I can't think of a third thing to say. Those are the two things. You're safe. You're a star. Yeah. Very cool. Um, Where can people go follow you? Allison Reeves, Deco. Um, yeah. And then all my links are like for the workshop. Um, the membership is kind of 
hidden, but if you opt into anything, you'll eventually see it or I'll relaunch it or whatever. And the mastermind is in the link. It's in the links to my website too, but the free workshops are a great place to connect because I change the topics every month, but I always talk about nervous system and business strategy. Like those are always interwoven. And I also always do live coaching on those workshops. So it's a great way just to get a lot of value, interact with me um, for free. Very cool. Very cool. Um, how could the, how could I, how could the listeners, how could we support you? Honestly, the workshops, the free workshops are one of my favorite things that I do. Mm-hmm. And it really lights me up to have people there. I mean, I obviously do them because I want to get sales from them eventually. But what helps me in entrepreneurship is just being inspired by people's stories and needs and how I can help them. So that is one of the biggest ways that people want to support my work and business by RSVPing to a workshop. Um, and then just send me good vibes. Good be vibes. another way to support me. Love it. Awesome. Well, if you made it this far, guys, you must have enjoyed something. So please share this one out, rate it, give us a little five star. Um, and if this one this one wasn't for you, that's okay too. Like, there's someone you know who it was, so go and share it to them. And um, I really, really appreciate you guys listening. And Allison, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time out of your day to come and spend time with me and talk about your story. It's it's helped me. I'm sure it's helped the listeners and. Yeah, I just want to thank you. Yeah, I'm I'm honored to be here. I'm really glad I had this opportunity and I appreciate you being a great listener. <laughs> you got it. Till next time, guys. Peace.